Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of 20 Minute Fitness. On this week's podcast, we have a great guest. His name is Corey Reese and he has recently come out with the book Into the Furnace. Into the Furnace is about Corey's experience with the Badwater Ultramarathon, a 135 mile race across the hottest place on the planet, also known as Death Valley, California. Corey Reese has walked into the furnace. He has faced adversity both in running and in life. And his book captures the essence of what it means to suffer, what it means to persevere, and ultimately what it means to create a life of clarity and purpose. We had a great time talking with Corey uh, on today's podcast, and I really hope you guys enjoy it because I sure did. So without further ado, here is Corey Reese on the 20 Minute Fitness Podcast. And as always, the 20 Minute Fitness Podcast is powered by ShapeScale. ShapeScale is a 3D body scanner scale and fitness tracker all rolled into one. Uh, you can pre-order ShapeScale at shapescale.com. Well, thank you so much, Corey, for uh, joining us today. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a social worker in Southern Utah. I have a family, three kids, and I like to run. So I I started out running half marathons and then marathons, and now I'm running mostly ultra marathons and hundred milers. Right. So you've written a book, um, Into the Furnace, and it's about your experience with the Badwater Ultra Marathon. Um, do you mind explaining a little bit what Badwater is? Sure. Badwater is a 135 mile run across Death Valley. So National Geographic Adventure described it as the toughest foot race in the world. And I've kind of been on all sides of it. I've paced and crewed at the race, and then I've also run it myself. And going into the race, I kind of wondered if that was a little bit of hype and exaggeration. And having now done it, I can say that I don't think that's an exaggeration. I really feel like it really was as hard as it is made out to be. Well, yeah, Death Valley is known as um, one of the hottest spots, definitely within the U.S., if not, you know, on the planet. So, you know, with bad water being um, 135 miles and through the hottest recorded spot in the United States, I guess my first question is, what possessed you to sign up for it? (laughs) That's a good question. I had done a bunch of 100 milers and not to say that they ever became easy because there's no such thing as an easy 100 miler. But I feel like I kind of got to a point where I knew what to expect and I knew how hard it was going to be and I knew how much it was going to hurt. And so I kind of felt like I wanted to try something different to maybe challenge myself even more and see what I was capable of. So I just was intrigued by this race and and how it was humanly possible to run 135 miles across Death Valley in the middle of summer and just kind of wanted to see if that was something I could even do. And so I applied and it's a pretty tough race to get into and ended up getting in. And so that's kind of where the whole adventure started. Right. And so, you know, having run ultra marathon races before and having quite a history with them, is there any sort of reason for signing up for them? Is it like kind of pushing yourself or achieving it? Or is there any specific goal you have in mind to complete each race or a reason to? Well, I started out running ultra marathons after I discovered trail running and I just loved being out on the trails, out alone, fresh air, beautiful scenery. And I loved being out there for as long as I could and came to realize that that's kind of what an ultramarathon is. It's just lots and lots of miles out on the trails. And so I started out just with with that love of trails. And, and eventually it kind of grew into signing up for ultramarathons just to, to have new experiences and meet new people. And really what it boiled down to was just seeing how much I was capable of and um, learning to embrace suffering and 
push through pain and kind of learn to teach myself how to put my body or sorry, put my mind above what my body was telling me and, and try to build that mental strength. So that's what really intrigued me about the ultra marathons. Right. And, you know, talking about, you know, yeah, putting your body through that I- my next question is, how did you go about preparing for bad water? I mean, the temperatures even at midnight can get close to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. How do you even um, kind of prepare your body to go through something like that? Fortunately, I live in southern Utah where it's regularly 100, 110 degrees during the summer. And so for my training runs, I would try to, as much as possible, go out and run in the heat of the day. And I would put on some black tights and a long sleeve shirt and then a sweatshirt and a jacket and a wool hat. And I'm I'm sure I looked like a lunatic. But when my neighbors <laughs> drove by, it really it taught my body how to handle heat. And I'll admit the training was pretty miserable. I also spent a lot of time in the sauna, and I can say I really came to hate the sauna, but it was really great for heat training and um, learning to process fluids and teaching your body how to deal with electrolytes, all that kind of stuff. So. so is it kind of like teaching like your organs just to like exist on the surface of the sun? Like what kind of... <laughs> that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, that's accurate. Okay. And so, you know, I was listening to an interview um, that you had done um, about this race, and you had signed up for this race and kind of assumed that it was just a flat desert race. But in fact, bad water goes from the lowest point in the continental U.S. to the highest point. So from the lowest point in Death Valley to the top of Mount Whitney. So facing that new revelation and that new information, how did you kind of deal with that um, at the starting line? Well, in my training Fortunately, I learned early enough before the race that I was going to be going over three mountain ranges. And the race ends at Whitney Portal, which is where the final trail to the top of Mount Whitney starts. And so I knew that there would be a lot of climbing. I didn't really look into this when I submitted my application. But fortunately, I discovered early enough before the race that I'd be doing a lot of climbing, tons of hills. And and so I tried to simulate that in my training. So I, I would try to find the steepest hills and roads and mountains that I could find and did lots of hill repeats just going up and down and because Badwater has lots of going up, but it also has a lot of downhill too. And and if you don't train your legs to do that downhill stuff, it can really, really hurt going up or down. So I tried to just mimic my training as much as I could to what I would be facing on race day. And I think that's so important for running just in general when you're preparing for a race to try and do as much race-specific training as you can. I think it makes a a huge difference. Right. And you can, you know, kind of prepare your body as much as you'd like. But when it comes to um, starting that race and that those first few moments, that first hour, that first day, how do you go about digesting the whole amount of miles that you have in front of you? Do you have a specific way of thinking about it or visualizing it in your head or any specific way of digesting it? Yeah. What works for me, and I found this to be the case, not just at Badwater, but at all ultra marathons, it's normal to have lots of highs and lows along the way. And during those low points, it's so easy to think, oh my gosh, I still have, I still have 70 or 40 or 20 more miles to go. That, that is so far and I'm hurting and I'm tired and sore and I, I just want to be done. And it can feel really overwhelming, really. And so I try to not let my mind go there. I, I try to not think about the future. I try not to think about math, like, okay, I'm going at this pace. I still have this many more miles. This is going to take me forever. I try to not think about that. I try to just really focus on the mile that I'm running right now and try to be smart with my pace and 
with my gait and try to not let myself get sloppy and pay attention to nutrition and hydration and just try to get through each mile as smart as I can and not try to get overwhelmed with what I have ahead of me. And like just touching on the subject of like nutrition and water, do you know how much water you went through in this race? I don't. So what I did is I don't know the exact quantities, but what I what I did with my crew is they had a handheld bottle of water and a handheld bottle of tailwind nutrition. And so they would meet me every two miles and basically just give me a couple bottles each time that they met. So I was going through quite a bit of water and and I used tailwind nutrition for my nutrition and electrolytes and so it was it was quite a bit and I also supplemented it with some mountain dew and dr pepper along the way too that that's that's an easy way to get some calories this episode of 20 Minute Fitness is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, aka the Shroom Guys. Most people are actually unaware of this, but mushrooms are the most scientifically studied and proven superfoods with health benefits like boosted energy, strong immune system, and more glowing skin. Which is why the guys behind Four Sigmatic, a bunch of Finnish friends who actually grew up consuming mushrooms, are on a real mission to make mushrooms popular among everyday people like me and you. How? By simply bringing you functional mushrooms and other superfoods blended in their delicious drinks. This making the consumption of mushrooms not just convenient but also enjoyable and you guys should really trust me on this one because i've had the chance to try most of their products trying everything from their mushroom coffee to mushroom matcha with lion's mane and golden lattes i really started to wonder why I was not on the shrooms before. My personal favorite was the Rishi Chai Latte. Besides being absolutely yummy, it really did help with my pretty bad insomnia. So if you're someone with sleeping issues as well, I 100% recommend you to try one of their blends with Rishi or go straight for their Rishi Elixir. And leaving the best news to the end, the Four Sigmatic team was kind enough to give you a special offer of 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. All you have to do is visit foursigmatic.com slash shape15. That's F-O-U-R-S- I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot C-O-M slash S-H-A-P-E-1-5. Or you can simply use the discount code SHAPE15 at the checkout. So are you ready to get on the shrimps? And so, you know, endurance is truly at the core of any ultra marathon. But um, I think endurance specifically applies to bad water. So for you, what has been the key to unlocking that endurance? And was it a support system? Was it, you know, a personal goal? Um, What did that look like for you? Well, I think that endurance, I, I really tried to think about it in life and in running. So I think the key for endurance with running is to what I've found works is to start super slow in a race uncomfortably slow and just save save your energy and your your exertion for later on in the race because you're going to need it later and i i once heard a friend say it's best to bank energy not time and so a lot of times when we're feeling good we think to ourselves okay we're going to bank some time because we'll need it later and his approach which i think is so accurate is to bank energy instead to save your energy for later because you're going to need it so i think that's where it comes in with the running part of it. But endurance is also just kind of like a, a mindset for life too. And and knowing that you're going to have some highs and lows, some days are going to 
be good. Some days are going to be tough days and, and you just kind of need to learn to write it out and embrace when things are going good. And when things aren't going so good, just know that you just need to get through it and it'll get better. You know, the same thing applies in running in life. Right. And, you know, you ran for like two days straight, like with no sleep. And so when you started getting into, you know, the 40th hour and how did you process that mentally as far as like you're running on no sleep, your body's pushed to the absolute extreme. And did you even think about processing anything mentally or were you just kind of going with the paces? (laughs) Um, I think my mental processing was quite a bit diminished by that point. I really struggled with the sleep deprivation during the race because you're, you're going for hours and hours and hours on end through two nights without sleep. So I struggled a lot with that. And by the end, I just tried to focus on forward progress and stay moving forward and try to tune out the messages that my body was sending of like, oh, I'm so tired. I, I just want to go to sleep. I, I'm sore. My feet hurt. And, and I tried to put that to the side and just focus on continuing to move forward and mentally try to let the finish line pull me in. Right. And yeah, again, I was listening to um, this interview that you were doing um, or this talk and uh, you had talked about your wife needed to get you something to eat. And you mentioned that you didn't really want to focus on what exactly you wanted to eat. You wanted to focus on moving forward. So is that the kind of mindset that brings you through these races just to move forward and not really deal with trivial food and things like that? It is so true. Some people ask me, don't you get bored out there when you're running hour after hour after hour? I really don't because I'm I'm so focused on trying to be smart with um, staying on top of nutrition and hydration and thinking about basically how to conserve my energy for later. And and so I never get bored because I I always have the immediate focus of, okay, what's what's my body telling me? Do I have any hot spots on my feet? Am I how's my stomach doing? Do I need more electrolytes? And it's really such a constant monitoring that that really takes up my mental focus. Sometimes though, when when I'm when I'm needing a distraction, which definitely happens, I'll listen to music and for me music is is just a great distraction when the pain starts to creep in and and you know, it it can be it can be a great motivation and a, a fuel to kind of push push a little harder and keep moving. Yeah, totally. Do you have like a song or a band in particular? <laughs> Oh boy, I'm pretty eclectic with my music. Um, gosh, some some of the stuff that is on my podcast is is stuff that my teenage girls have infiltrated my brain with, and and it, I kind of like to listen to that stuff to remind me of them. You know, I'll listen to like Coldplay or One Republic stuff like that, and then I'll have some. Gosh, I I I listen to country music i listen to rock classic rock i've got like some instrumental music (laughs) some of everything (laughs) nice very cool and so as you're going through um the mount whitney portal portal um i heard you mentioned that you felt that the soles of your shoes begin to melt because of the heat um and then you (laughs) reach down to feel your shins and they were quite hot as well and so were you even you know aware that your shoes might be melting or that your shins might be getting molten (laughs) hot or what was that kind of like physical experience like yeah i mean i i definitely felt like i was walking across burning hot coals i just felt so hot but i kind of figured that like duh of course you're running you're you're running in the middle of summer and of course you're going to feel hot and i had heard of 
people's shoes melting at bad water. But I never really had any issues with that until the last little bit and they were resurfacing the road and it was just so hot. And so I, I remember stopping to dump some rocks out of my shoes and, and feeling the bottom of my feet, the bottom of my shoes. And oh my gosh, this is what people are talking about when their, their shoes are melting. And I took off my shoes and like felt the bottom of my feet. And I really was surprised at how, how the radiant temperature of the road was it really felt like it was baking my feet and my shins. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. I mean, if people wanted to hear more about um, your shoe melting adventures, um, where could they find uh, your book and you across the Internet? Uh, yeah, the the book is called Into the Furnace, How a 135-Mile Run Across Death Valley Set My Soul on Fire. So the book is on Amazon, Kindle, Audible. You can listen to it as an audiobook. So yeah, you can find any of those places. And I also write a blog at fastcory.com. And I am a columnist for Ultra Running Magazine. So kind of got, got stuff all over the place out there. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Corey. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you so much to Corey for joining us for this week's podcast. Um, if you are interested in checking out his book, Into the Furnace, a link to that book will be in our description along with in our show notes. Um, it's an amazing read and I would definitely recommend it whether you're into running or not. It's just a fantastic story and yeah, big recommendation. So thank you again to Corey for joining us. And if you have any interview suggestions or topic suggestions on what you would like us to cover next, reach out to us on Twitter at shape underscore scale or follow us on Instagram at shapescale. Again, thank you to Corey and I hope to meet you guys back here next week for a brand new episode of 20 Minute Fitness. Bye.